chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you want? Uh, hello and welcome to Who the Dead Funny Dead series podcast. This is the 30 end of life duels in 30 days series. My name is Mitzi and I'm your host for today. Uh, today, our guest is Chrissy Garen. Awesome. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Mitzi. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to just dive right in. Chrissy is in the Chicago, Illinois area, and we're just going to dive right into your why. Why did you choose to go into this field? Um, I actually started out as an EMT back in 2002. I had my EMT basic license for eight years, found my way to massage therapy after my kids were both old enough to both be in school for the day. And uh, in massage school, as I was working with my partner in class one day, we found a tumor in my arm. So uh, a few months later, had surgery to remove it. Um, but with that in mind, you know, with knowing my body already has some limitations, and then I got a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis and lupus after the surgery, um, I'm only going to last so long in mainstream massage. So I started looking for alternative modalities. I've certified in pediatric massage. Uh, in 2019, I became certified in hospice end-of-life massage. So I've been shifting my focus of my business, my hands of serenity, in the last year with the pandemic. It's been the perfect time for me to shift my focus over to hospice massage, end-of-life massage. And the work came to my attention as I was shifting things. And it just kind of seemed to fit perfectly with what I want to bring to call to clients as a massage therapist, just peace, comfort, and the death doula work offers a little bit more outside of just let me come in and do a massage for you. It was more of let me come in, let me sit with you, let me talk with you, let me get to know you beyond just that massage client relationship. And I just kind of really liked that idea. Um, it's a little bit more involved than the hospice volunteer work I was already doing. As a volunteer, you're not allowed to touch. So as a death doula, you are. So to me, that kind of made a very big difference. I want to be able to sit at someone's bedside, hold their hand if that's what they need. Um, but I am also currently focusing on end-of-life planning, uh, getting your advanced care plans done. Um, it's a little bit easier to do right now with everything still kind of locked down with COVID that I can sit and talk with people like this on Zoom, you know, face-to-face, -face, so to speak, and help them figure out their advanced care plans and, and get that into place. So kind of the long story short of how I got here. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, coming from volunteering and massage, and it's just kind of a there's kind of a rolling train in a way. Mm -hmm. Nice so, little set of dominoes. Yeah, yeah. So you said some of your training from EMT, massage, hospice, volunteer. Um, mm -hmm. What kind of other trainings do you have for just end of life doula and if you want to share if they're helpful if yeah. they weren't helpful yeah. that's up to you for the end of life doula i went through iap college international Association college it was the one i was able to afford at the time um, because a lot of other trainings are a little bit more expensive than what i was able to do um, but it provided a really good framework to start with uh, it's a self-paced program. You can finish it anywhere in four weeks to 12 weeks. I think I finished it in about seven. I kind of went for that middle ground. Um, self-paced, people are on hand that if you need to email a professor and say, hey, I'm stuck on this. Can you help me figure it out? They're there. Um, 
I started actually a Facebook group because one didn't exist already for anyone that's gone through the IEP doula course. Um, so I connected with other people that have been through the course as well. Um, and it's just a really great framework. It gives you really good basics. And what I liked is it actually included a business section, um, you know, how to uh, keep track of your expenses and all that. So it was actually really helpful on that end too, because uh, there's a lot from massage school I've forgotten about the business end of things. Um, from the IAP Career College, I found my way to Cole Imperi's School of American Thanatology. Uh, I did her Death Companioning Community Crash Course, which was like an eight-class course done in like two weeks, three weeks. It really was a crash course, but it was phenomenal. Um, the information she gave just built on the framework I'd gained from IAP, and it was just a really great one-two combination within a month of each other. Um, I've just been doing webinars and, and things since gaining more knowledge from other professionals in the area, uh, attending meet and greets, just networking and talking with other people and just trying to learn from those that have gone before me already doing this work. Amazing. I think you're the first person I've heard that took one of Cole's classes. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, she's a blast. If you can ever get in with her, she's a blast. She's starting a new one too. Anyone that's into plants, she's launching the fan of botany and of things for plants and death work and oh she is so passionate about that <laughs> yeah super fun to have that um branching out uh into just a, a wider net for end-of-life uh, care i love everything about that so mm -hmm. uh, that's exciting um that's a different training to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to have on our on our radar yo um, perfect so can you tell me a couple of the challenges? I mean, you're talking about doing the business work and networking. What challenges mm -hmm. have you found being a, you know, quote unquote, end of life doula? Biggest challenges right now are just with, with everything going on with COVID. It's not as easy to walk into a retirement home. You know, places I would walk into as an EMT beforehand that would, ooh, that'd be a great way to make a connection. I can't just walk in right now because everyone's playing safe and keeping it low key and old calls don't work as well now as they used to. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 40 some years old. I grew up in the era of you can cold call a place and talk to their personnel department. And that doesn't really exist in a lot of places anymore. So just making outside other connections to try to start gaining clients and, and making connections with people is kind of the biggest challenge and, and not being face-to-face. -face. I'm very much a face-to-face -face person. This is good. I like this because I could see you. I could smile at you. It's better than a phone call, but it's not the same as actually sitting right across from you at a table, but it works well enough. But right now the challenge is just making those connections when you can't really be face-to-face -face with someone. Yeah. I love that you said that, you know, you come from uh, this time where we would make these phone calls and just cold call and just start talking to people. And it's, um, social media has kind of taken over that, but I think it's still such a strong space to be in. Um, mm -hmm. And and yes, uh, like I've said in all of these recordings, we are recording this in uh, April of 2021 when we're coming out of COVID. Um, and so, it is National Death Doula Day today too. <laughs> oh, yes, it is April 20th. Um, so put that on your calendars, folks, for next year <laughs> to make sure you're celebrating. Um, in all the right ways. And yeah, so that we're kind of just rolling straight into what are your hopes for this field? Um, personally, uh, that, you know, it does start to grow, that I can make some good connections and start helping people improve planning for end of life or improve 
preparing for someone who's you know dying that they just don't know what to do um western culture is so death paranoid that they don't even know how to sit with someone in their own family that's passing because they just don't know what to do we're so used to doing something all the time we don't know what it is to just sit and be and enjoy the moment because you have it take it enjoy it you know people can't just sit still anymore and, you know to a point i think social media plays into that as well that 15 second you know attention span thank you TikTok. um hopes in general for the field overall is that it starts gaining some recognition you know that people start realizing what we're here to do we're not here to take over jobs from social workers we're not here to take over jobs from funeral directors we're here to actually try to work hand in hand with them as best as possible to be an extra set of hands for them to be an extra bridge between people that are going from their doctor's office having been diagnosed with cancer sorry we're at a point there's nothing we can do to now they know they're going to be dying but i'm not ready to talk to a funeral director yet you know, a death doula can be that perfect person in between. You know, someone that you can talk with that you want to start planning that funeral. You want to take some decisions off the shoulders of your family members for when you pass. But man, I just don't want to sit down with the funeral director yet. You know, the doulas are the perfect in-betweens that we can help you talk those things through and think about those things without the cold stereotypicalness of what it would feel to talk with a funeral director or anybody like that because you know most of us are very fairly personable we're actually very lighthearted people because we see life in death you know we, we what we see with death helps make us live better every day you know for, for most of us that's kind of how we end up seeing it and feeling it every day and I'm no exception so <laughs> you're in good company with those hopes making sure that there's this a way to have a soft handoff uh, between all of the professions um, as we work together to make sure that everyone is taken care of. And um, you're speaking my language, reducing death trauma is everything uh, that I, I want to do um, and why we are doing this and recording this and making sure that this uh, field is just elevated from um, because it deserves to be. Everyone deserves this. If they want an end of life doula, they first need to know that you exist. And then um, we, yeah, the best kept secret is end of life doulas. So here we are. Uh, so Chrissy, thank you again for taking this time this morning. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, so if you want to find Chrissy, and I suggest that you do, um, you can find her at handsofserenity78.com. Is that correct? Correct. All right. And Everywhere to find her uh, is on her show notes uh, underneath. So you can just click through and talk more, especially if you're in the Chicagoland area. Um, so again, just a huge thank you to you for sharing your how and why you became an end of life doula today. Uh, and lovely listeners of this podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, um, it would just mean the world if you liked or subscribed or shared or whatever you want to do. Uh, we would appreciate doing one of those things or all of those things if you're just so inclined. Um, it tells us that this is important and that we should continue making conversations like this happen. Um, and then once you did one of those, please hop on over to Instagram and TikTok, follow us, like us, and then talk to us because we want to answer your questions and get to know you and have a little bit of fun because, um, I don't know, we named this Dead Funny, Dead Serious, so it's not supposed to be always serious. <laughs> and. We want to continue this conversation of ethical end-of-life care. Um, That is all for today, and we'll see you in the next episode.